when I set up the webinar. Um, um, so if anybody has anything specific that you really want me to talk about, uh, just either pop in the chat, raise your hand, um, or somehow just let me know. Put, you can use the Q&A, and I'm just going to go over here to my Surefoot file. Um, and I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. So seeing how it's a small group. Um, and hopefully you can all hear me. Can you all hear me okay? Because I don't even know if that's working right now. <laughs> Somebody pop in the chat if you can hear me. <laughs> yes, okay, great. All right, so does anybody have any questions about Surefoot um, specifically relating to your horse, relating to, you know, um, any of the things that I've talked about in the past? Um, just, you know, this is gonna be for you guys. You can, let's see, I have a full physio pad and would like to add to my collection. Okay, great. Um, hi, Rhonda. So full physio pad, let me just kind of put up some pictures of a full physio pad so people know what you're talking about. And I've got pictures here. Two, two, two. I've got so many pictures, that's the biggest problem. Um, oh, there's one. That's actually what they used with this horse. Um, so full physio pad is uh, an inch and a half thick. It's got a half inch of hard, sorry, half inch of medium and an inch of hard. Um, this is a half physio pad, but it's gonna be the same thing, just different size. And it's a cute picture. I love this little foals, it was really cute. So you can see that it's a lower profile than the regular pads. This is the half which is 16 by 12 by inch and a half, and it has the two surfaces. So a, a nice place to go from there is firm, um, because you've got a little bit of medium, you've got that half inch of medium with this pad, you've got the inch of hard, and so firm gives you some lateral instability, and firm is green, let's see, oh here's firm. Okay, so this horse is on firm in front and firm slants behind. And what you can see is it's gonna, it's just definitely softer than the physio pad. Um, and so it's gonna have some lateral give. So that's just a nice place to go. If you've already got the physio pad, um, firm is, is a reasonable place to go. Um, you can use both surfaces. And that's one of the things I'm not sure that I've emphasized a, a whole lot. Um, somebody else has the same question. Okay, so let's talk about order of go. Um, and let me just pull up some pictures again, because I think it's always great when you can see what I'm talking about. Let's that. There we go. Um, and I have, uh, just looking for a different album here. There we go. Okay, so um, this is the hard pad, and that inch of hard on the physio pad is the same material. This is actually impressed into the pad. So the beauty of hard is it doesn't have lateral instability. Um, and I recently had a question from somebody about, you know, an older arthritic horse, and my recommendation, of course, is that you start with hard because those older arthritic horses, you really don't want a lot of lateral instability. Um, you know, their arthritis by nature is, you know, inflammation in the joints. And so if there's too much give, the horse, I think it's too demanding on the horses. So here's the hard pad again. This was actually a, a horse that had had severe laminitis at one point in her life. And so what you can see here, which is really interesting, is you can see how much she's diving into that pad with her toe. Um, and you can see that there's a lot more pressure here at the toe than there is at the heel on this right front. And the same thing with this foot. You can see how, you know, there's just less pressure here. And so she's really diving in with her toe. But what we're starting to learn from this by x-raying horses that are standing on either the hard pad or the physio pad is that it gives us insight into how they really want to be. So um, we've had uh, several veterinarians now using the, um, in fact, we, we glued uh, a chunk of half physio pad on top of our comfort x-ray block and then shipped it off to some vets for them to play with. 
And they've been very impressed with the results because they get to see exactly what this horse is showing us here. They get to see that they, they want to be in a certain alignment. And, and actually, um, on my Facebook page, there was a veterinarian from Australia, and she's one of the ones I sent some of these prototypes to, actually. Um, they put a fern pad on top of the x-ray block and took an x-ray, and you could see how the joints lined up when the surface was soft enough for the horse to adjust itself. And so when you look at this horse here, you can actually see what a nice alignment we have going through that pastern and down into that hoof by allowing her to figure out how she wants to stand and organize herself. So hard pads are really great for that. Um, it's just a cute picture. Um, this is actually my horse's foot. He's barefoot. Um, and you can see, you know, that it gave to the pressure. Um, you can see the indent from the frog here. This is his lateral sulci. And you can see that they're not impressed into the pad, meaning that there's nothing there to impress in. You can use them in front and behind. And this horse here, if I zoom in a bit, you can see how this horse is, is more even, that there's more weight into the heel than what we saw with that other horse. So the hard pad has um, no lateral give, gives to heat and pressure. Um, uh, this horse here, you can start to see, now granted the surface isn't even, and so when I look at these pictures of hard pads on uneven surfaces, they give us some information. Is it the same information if they were on a solid flat surface when we put them on the pads? Possibly. Um, you might actually see the exact same thing, but you always have to take into account that you can see how uneven the surface is, but look at how much he's dived down here on the inside. And so I always think of a clock when I look at a horse in terms of how they're lo loading their foot. 12 o'clock being to the toe, six to the heel, three, nine. And so we can see that this, this three, sorry, nine, 10, 11, there's a lot more pressure on the inside of that foot. And what, by doing that, by giving to that pressure, I actually think, and this is one of the things I'd love to do a study on if we could find somebody with some pressure plates, um, they should be able to probably tell us is that the pressure by allowing the foot to dive in there and go deeper into the pad, in the end, we are actually normalizing the pressure across the foot. In other words, the pad's yielding to the higher pressure, and so then we get an even distribution. And again, you can see that on this foot that he's definitely got more pressure on the inside edge. Um, so uh, let's see. So the hard pad, you know, when you have arthritic horses, unstable horses, uh, older horses, um, that weak, um, any kind of disability or infirmity, you know, I, I like to start with that hard because I don't want to create so much instability that they struggle. And so like the medium pad is the springiest and has the most amount of sort of uh, uh, give, it's not give, it's springy. So, you know, horses have to accommodate that. And I recently, um, somebody on the fans group was saying how they were working with the medium pads after three weeks, her horse wouldn't stand on them behind. And my suggestion is, well, you, sh you should be using a different pad because clearly the horse doesn't want to stand on the medium pads. And as a starter pad, it's too springy. Um, it can scare a horse if they're not understanding what we're doing. So um, medium tends to be the pad that I go to last. Oh, here's my full physio pad. I can show you this. Uh, let me just make sure my screen share is working. Um, you know, I tend to go through the other densities and then go to the medium pad um, just because it's so springy. And, um, you know, I've seen horses where it was too much for them, scared them, and then they didn't want anything to do with pads. Um, so this is the full physio pad. And what you can see is you can get two hooves on it. Uh, um, we uh, had a video yesterday with Sharon Wilsey, a webinar yesterday, and then last Friday with Beth Miller. And she uses the full physio pad with her pony foals. So, you know, they're, they're small, um, but it's easy to get two feet on it. And you can use either side. Um, let's see, Bob, we started out. So here's, again, an example of a hard pad. And you can flip it over and use it on either side. So what I tend to do is I use it on the orange side first or one side first, and the horse is gonna make an impression into the pad. It will go away, but it can take a little time depending on the temperature. If it's colder, it's gonna take longer, and if it's warmer, it's gonna go away faster. So 
um, then if I come back in a minute or two and I want to see again, I just flip the pad over, use the other side, and um, I, here's the other side, right? So it's the ivory colored surface. And so it works just the same. You get the impression of the foot. Um, this is actually going to go forward to one of my favorite pictures. There we go. This is uh, impressed into the pad. And if it looks popped out to you, if it looks relieved, um, there's nothing wrong with you. It's uh, an optical illusion. And if I go to the next one, here's the same hoof. But now I don't know, for me, this is all raised and the shoe area is all indented, right? And the frog area is indented and the sole area is raised. Um, but if I go back to here, now it looks the opposite to me. The shoe area looks raised and the sole looks indented. And it's just an optical illusion. Um, oops, and it just, it could switch on you. So it went from one to the other on me just now. And now this one, the sole area looks raised. So I, I love this, these pictures. And it's only when you look at the pictures that it looks incredibly confusing um, because it has this ability to to switch. So here again, this looks indented and this looks raised to me right now and this looks raised. Um, uh, but, you know, as soon as I flip it around, it just switches in my brain. So it's kind of fun. It's a little bit of a, a meme. Um, this is, oops, let's get back here. Just another example of the hard pad on the orange side. And again, this area is actually indented and the sole area is actually raised, but I can't get this one to flip. It's always stuck for me in that, in that um, organization. So, um, you know, in the warmer climates, the heart is gonna get softer. And so that's actually not a bad choice as a starting pad. It just is gonna give faster. Um, in cold weather, it's harder. It can feel like, like, you know, a piece of wood actually really hard, but it's still gonna give the heat and pressure. I've used it at 22 degrees with an Icelandic horse. It only weighed about 600 pounds and it did exactly what it's done with all the other horses. It looked great. Um, the firm pad starts your lateral give. Um, I always say that if, you if your horse is calm, start with firm. If he's anxious, start with hard. Um, you know, you can always move into more instability, but you can't undo anything that you've done. And so this is why duration is so critical. Um, when would I flip the physio pad? Um, if I did the, the harder side and the horse was standing on it, but you know, kind of moved off, I might just flip it over. Um, certainly if I'm gonna stand on it, I'll flip it over and stand on the softer side. So, you know, it's so much about kind of just making the offer to your horse and then watching their response and seeing what they tell you. Um, and, you know, it's really, it's so individual. And this is one of the, you know, I think one of the most difficult things with Surefoot is that your presence in response to the horse is so key. Um, and I can't tell you how many people have gone, you know, said to me, oh, my horse won't stand on pads. He doesn't like them. And I walk up and I put a pad down and I put his foot on the pad and he stands there for, you know, two minutes. Um, and so the intention is really important. Um, if you're in a hurry or you're looking for a result, I think you're going to find that it's not going to work as well. Um, you know, when we have an agenda, the horses react to that agenda and um, that then they become less cooperative and less willing. But when we go with curiosity and we're going to investigate and just see what is of interest to the horse, then we find that they're much, uh, they get curious too. They join us in that curiosity. Um, and they sense that there's no agenda and they sense that we're actually asking a question of what would you like as opposed to this is what you got to do. Um, and I know one particular professional who, um, you know, she's, she's a bit frustrated with Surefoot because it's not really working for her. But I also know that she's coming from a position of an agenda. There's something I have to do to treat this horse. This is what I need to do. And the horses pick up on that. So... Um, you know, it's, it's always an, a, an offer. And Rhonda, I'm going to tell you that I've known people working with Surefoot for years and the horses like the same pattern over and over. And then one day the horse is like, nope, I'd like something different now. Um, and how do I, how do you know that? Because they won't put their foot on the pad. They move off the pad. They'll kick it out of the way. 
And then you just grab something else and say, how about this one? And they're like, yeah, that's great. So um, it really is uh, um, a lot about learning to be in the moment, be present, um, be ex in an exploratory um, perspective. And, I, you know, my horse, Al, is, is, you know, you'd think that my horse would love Surefoot. But, you know, there are days when he will stand on pads and there are days when he wants nothing to do with them. Um, and so, you know, it's just like, I'll offer him, I'll offer some different densities. Would you like, it's like, no, nope. But I did do something with him recently that was um, really interesting. Let me see, I gotta get things sorted out on my screen here. Um, and that, and so um, I wanted to do some psoas stretches with him, but he's, you know, he's about 1500, pounds and um he's a Clyde thoroughbred cross my friend recently thought he was 17 hands i think he's i've only measured him at 16 too but he's a solid 16 too and so i was like you know um this is going to be really hard for me to to support his leg and let him let down and so i just i got my hard pads right i happen to have two sets um at the barn and so i just stacked them up and put his foot on them and so he could rest there and he was more than happy to do that. Um, yeah, let's see if I have some different perspectives of it. And he just had his toe on the pad, you know, and he, but he could let his hip down. And I don't think I got a picture. I was more curious about how his foot was on the pad. So, but you could see how he's, the leg is uh, rotated a little bit. Um, so it's the toes pointing outward and, oops, there's <laughs> flowers. That's the other thing you see, horses and flowers in my, in my photos. Um, but this was an easy way for me to do that. It's called a, a psoas stretch, but really it's just supporting the leg, non-weight bearing for as long as the, for up to, I think it's two minutes and you can take breaks. It's one that Dr. Harmon's shown me. Um, but with so much mass, this horse has so much mass that I, I would be exhausted. Um, and so I was just like, you know, let's just use the pads. And I've got four hard pads here, one, two, three, four. Um, and just rested his toe on it and he was happy as a clam to just stay there for a while and so we could both do this easier um, so you know there's there's always some other um, ways that we can think about using pads um, we can use them when your horse is, is familiar and comfortable you can put one foot on a pad and do your stretches while the horse is on that pad it's going to offer a different feeling for two reasons. One, if it's the side to which you're moving, we like say you put a pad under the left front foot, and then you're gonna do your stretch around to the left. Well, that's changed the position of the shoulder relative to the rib cage. And so now your stretch is gonna have a different response and it may put more weight on the right front. So you do have to watch your horse when you're doing that. But it's, uh, it's, something that you can do to change up the situation to bring in a different level of awareness and to ask a slightly different question. So uh, Raquel Butler from Australia did a fabulous webinar, I think it was about a week ago or so, on um, fascia and stretching. And I highly recommend you go and watch her webinar. It was really awesome. But the idea of combining your stretches with the surefoot pads is a great thing you can do. Um, did you do the stretch on both legs? No, that day I only did the one leg. Um, something happened, I got distracted, and I can't remember what it was, and I did not get to the other side. You know, but it's, um, from my Feldenkrais experience, yes, teach patience. Um, from my Feldenkrais experience, this concept of doing one side and then creating contrast is, is also okay. You know, so often that's another kind of thing that we get stuck in. If I do it on one side, I've got to do it on the other. Well, from the Feldenkrais work, uh, where Dr. Feldenkrais would work with the easy side, actually, typically first, um, I have embodied that in my teaching. And if I'm doing a multi-day clinic, I'll work with the rider. And Rhonda's been there. She knows what I'm talking about. And I'll work with one leg, say the left leg and use my Feldenkrais techniques, bring in some changes, put the foot back in the stirrup, use my board under their foot. Um, everybody reports that their leg feels longer and softer and more connected to the horse. And then I walk away and I only do this, I'll do the same leg two or three times. 
and um, they all start whining almost to a person that they want me to do the other leg, but I, I purposefully only do one leg on the first day. Um, and the reason for that is that we sense change when there's contrast. So my example always is if it's a sunny day, you can tell what time it is because you can see where the sun's position is in the sky and you know when it's nighttime because it's dark. But when it's a gray cloudy day, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been out in my garden. I'm not, I'm not sure what time it is because it's all the same. And then you come in and it's either earlier or way later than you thought it was because you couldn't tell from the position of the sun in the sky because it was gray. So when things have very little contrast or low contrast, it's hard to tell what change happened. So by doing one leg, I create a huge amount of contrast, especially when the leg that I've worked on feels softer, lighter, some people say heavier, more connected, more fluid. These are all words that are described to me when I, when I work with their leg. And oftentimes people get, well, my other leg hurts. <laughs> and it's like, well, before both legs felt the same and so you didn't notice. And now by creating this contrast, you recognize that the other leg is actually not comfortable in what you're doing. But until you notice that, you can't change it. So, you know, when I work with Surefoot, uh, very often I just start with one foot and say I'll start with a left front foot and I'll repeat the left front foot two or three times before I make a change of density or a change of hoof. And I do that for two reasons. One, I want the horse to have a chance to figure out what I'm doing. So if I do the leg the first time on a new horse, they, they're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what you're doing. And they might walk off right away, which is fine. I let them. And then I come back and I repeat it. And then they can go, oh, okay. So I can move off. That's great. I know I can do that. Um, it feels different. I don't know what this is, uh, but it might be interesting. And they might stay a little longer. Maybe not. Um, but then when I do it a third time, it's like they've had a chance to experience something, to move away to think about it, to process that information a little bit, and to kind of get a, gather a bit of an understanding of what I'm saying. Um, and so, you know, you think about it, if somebody says something to you and it's brand new, and they use words you're unfamiliar with hearing, and you're like, what, what did you say? You know, you might have to have them repeat it so that you can kind of figure out, A, what were they saying, and B, what does that mean to me? So by repeating that same foot two or three times, I'm just saying, this is what I did, and you can move. I'm going to say what I said again, and you can move. And I'll say it one more time, and if you want to stay, it's okay. And so now the horse has a chance to, to uh, kind of get what the conversation is. And so then, you know, I'll have them walk off, go for a walk, and come back. And I'll do that same thing on the other front foot. And I, I start with the front feet because most of the horses I don't know. Um, and so it's just safer to start in the front. Um, although there have been times when I've had just a tiny bit of hoof on the front and then the horse presented the back leg very clearly. That's happened a few times, but it's not typical. So then I'll go to the other front foot. But we're creating contrast because when we're putting a pad underneath the foot, especially say the hard pad, that's two inches of material. That's, that's a significant amount. And so not only are we putting something that's squishy under their foot, we're also raising that one foot by two inches. Um, let me see if I can find some pictures of um, a horse's chest so you can see some of the ways in which horses accommodate this. Uh, find somebody, hang on, I'm just gonna scroll through here. So if you have a question, just pop it in the chat. Um, just looking for a good example. A lot of times I have pictures when a horse is on two pads because that's when I can step back a little more and take a picture. So I have to hunt a little bit for, for one foot with a frontal picture of the chest. That's two, those are all two feet. A little discombobulated today. Mercury's still in retrograde. And, um, 
I know I have them. Go back to the hard pads. Well, okay, this is a hard pad. Um, it's yellow because the original pads were uh, all yellow, the very first set. So I can always tell when it's, a, when it's the very first, uh, the original pads because of the color. Um, so here's a horse, right? And let me just make that bigger. Um, what you can see is just one foot, two inches hard. Something happened out the door. The door is over here to the horse's left right? She turns her head. And if we zoom in a little bit, we can see this difference in the chest, right? So we can see here's our sternal line. It's slightly angled. So we know that the rib cage is rotated down right. And you can actually kind of see how the rider's feet are on level. So we, that gives us another clue that the rib cage has rotated down to the right. In other words, it's higher on the left and lower relative to the ground on the right. And we can see that by the angled line of the chest and by the rider's feet. Okay, and then if I just go down, look at the difference in height of the knees, right? And this actually looks to be more than what we see. Well, maybe it's about the same. I'd have to put some lines on it and measure it, okay? Because we put a two inch pad under one foot. So, you know, just when we start out with one pad, we're creating a huge contrast between. Um, the, the two front feet, and here's just another view. And again, we can see that the chest is angled, the knees are at a different height, um, and this foot's on a two inch block. Obviously she's sunk into it a bit, so it's not full two inches, but you know, you get the idea. Um, but we can see this relaxation response in her face. We can see that her eye has really softened, the ears have gone back into an internal listening mode. Um, the, Um, let's see what we have next. Uh -oh. Spinning disc. Um, so just, I'm going to stop share for a second. So just putting one pad underneath the foot, we're creating a huge contrast. Okay, so let me just look and see. Uh, great. I'm going to have to quit and restart my photos. Mercury's mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely in retrograde. Um, Let's see, that was under hard pads. So I'll get back to that. Uh, let me just look and see what you let's see. Well, I have one of the biggest aha moments related to the pads. And, and all. oh, what are some of the biggest moments? So if anybody wants to share, um, those of you that have signed on, and um, feel free, just raise your hand. You can use the hand raising, and I'll just click on it, and you can talk about what what some of the biggest aha moments that you've had using pads. I've, I've seen some really crazy and amazing things. Um, I've seen horses go from lame to sound in 15 seconds. Uh, I've had horses, uh, one horse um, faint, basically, just laid down with Linda Tellington Jones standing there for five minutes. Um, I've had horses, one horse that uh, the owner thought he was crippled. He was 19 years old. She brought him out of the trailer, lunged him a little bit. He was incredibly stuck and in, stiff in front. We did not even five minutes and he lifted his head. This was in Colorado. And he uh, took off, broke away from her and ran flat out to the end of the driveway. And we thought he was gonna run home because we trailered over. He turned around and ran all the way back up. So we went inside of an enclosed field to the arena that had no fence. And I continued working with this horse for, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 minutes more. And then I said to the owner, you know, we need to take his halter off because it is an enclosed field and just see what he's going to do. And the horse ran flat out to the corner. Well, the significant thing there was that horse had never run flat out. He had only ever crow hopped and bucked his entire life. And she'd had him for a very long time. And then there was a slope and he would go up the slope and then he'd trot down the slope in the most amazing extended trot anybody had ever seen. And he did this repeatedly. He would run up the hill and extend a trot down the hill, or he would run along the fence line and then go to the corner and stand. And he did this for about 10 minutes. He took breaks, stopped, kind of looked off into the distance, and then would go again. And so I said to the owner, I said, you're going to have to catch him. And she started walking out with her halter and he looked at her and it was like, he said, I need to do this one more time. 
and he ran up the hill and then did the extended trot down the hill right to her. She put the halter on, took him home. The next day we did just a few minutes because um, we were on, we were heading out. So we just spent a few minutes with him. And then that the weekend after that, I think it was, she brought him to a place where I was teaching. Um, and he was always a little tweaky about covered arenas, indoor arenas. So he was a little bit tweaky there. We just did a little bit of, of pads and he went home. And then about a week or two later, she called me up and she said, damn you, Wendy, I now have a five-year-old. So this horse that was, in her opinion, crippled and you know maybe she's gonna have to put him down, went from crippled to a five-year-old in movement with you know, three sessions two sessions. I mean, uh, crazy things. Um, let's see, somebody saying, my quarter horse rarely wants the pads under his own feet. However, when I use them on the other horses, he, <laughs> he will walk slowly over until he is very close and then release repeatedly. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And Patty, I don't know what density pad you're using with him. Maybe you can just type that in the chat. Um, because what you're using with him might be either too soft or too hard for him. And so that's kind of when I start to think about a different density. Um, you know, if he's clearly uh, unsure about it on its own feet, but he really is getting the idea of what's happening with another horse, um, that's when I would start to question whether or not it's the right density. Um, for anybody joining, um, I made a mistake on the time. I, I usually do these webinars. I have done all of these webinars on Friday at one o'clock and I managed to set it up for noon today. And Rhonda um, text messaged me and asked about the time at 12.30, my time half an hour ago. And I was like, <laughs> so I just jumped on the webinar at 12.30. Um, and so, uh, this is where we're at, and I'm going to need to end at 1.30 today because I have an appointment. So uh, thank you for bearing with me and my, my, um, my Zoom error. Um, let's see, you've tried firm, medium, and soft. Yeah, unusually he'll accept soft. So the other option is to go to the hard. Um, it's just, you know, I can't tell you. I had one friend of mine, and he was, he was at a university where they have a whole bunch of horses. Then they're like, okay, we're going to mess with this thing. We're going to figure it out. So they started with hard and the horse was not happy, really happy until they got to soft. And so they, oh, horses want soft. And then the next horse, they started with soft and they wound up at hard. So, you know, it's, it's like, it's so individual. It's, uh, it's the hardest question. It's the one I get the most frequently. What pad should I start with? It's, um, I have my general rules, guidelines, they're not rules. Um, if your horse is calm, takes everything in stride, doesn't have any issues, no medical histories, no you know injuries, green, firm. It's a great pad to start with. Um, but if there's any kind of arthritis, injuries, tendon issues that are old, um, or the horse is recovering from something and um, you do the other feet, the healthy feet, um, or weak, or anxious, nervous, you start with hard. Um, because of that instability. And, you know, the, my example is, you know, if you haven't worked out in the gym and you go and get on the BOSU and you've never been on a BOSU, it's a lot of challenge and it might be too much for you. You might feel like stressed rather than comforted because you're having to deal with this balance issue and you're struggling with it. Um, and so, but if you start on something simpler, then you can adapt and you can figure it out and your nervous system can figure it out and you start to improve your strength and fitness and you start to figure out how to deal with the instability. And you go through this gradual process of increasing instability, which you learn that it's okay, right? You learn, oh, I can, I can do this. And same with the number of feet. You start with one foot because that's a big challenge. And you know, it's the goal is not to get a horse on four pads. That is not the goal. The goal is to really listen to your horse and what your horse likes. And with Patty, it, it may be that what her horse likes the best is to be near the other horse that's getting the benefit of the pads because by, by close proximity, he's also getting the benefit. And so, you know, it's, it's so, um, there is no formula. There isn't anything that I can do here 
to tell you exactly what to do with your horse there because I am not there. Um, I can give you suggestions and recommendations and experience, uh, but until I'm actually standing with a horse, until I'm actually in the presence of that horse and um, you know, offering and listening and observing, I, I really um, can only give you guidelines. Um, and even then, I've seen horses where, you know, one day they totally are over one, you know, the one density pad and they absolutely love it. And the next day they're like, yeah, I'm done with that. You know, come back later. Um, like my horse. <laughs> it's like, you know, I'll, I'll see you next time. Maybe, I, maybe I'll enjoy it next time. But today, no. Um, and not long ago, he was happy to stand on, on soft. So let me get some video up here. Um, the video is always fun. I have, where's my file? Videos. Um, oh, this is a, I'll just do a little screen share. Screen share. So I've just picked a, a random video. Um, oh, this is that laminitic horse again um, that was chronic laminitis. And this is, uh, she'd been, you know, improving. Um, but you can just see by, I think her nose is actually almost resting um, and she's on the hard pads, right? So, you know, this is where um, she's on hard slants behind because I can see the pink and hard in front. And again, it's, this is offering this horse a lot of relief and you can just see by the expression in her face, you know, there's a little tiny sway when she turns her head. Um, Oh yeah, and we stacked her. We played with a bunch of different things. The rope is just looped around. She's not tied. Um, and we started with one pad, like you saw, right? And then we stacked her. Um, and she's been on pads a lot. This isn't the first rodeo for this horse. So um, yeah, 12, I, I have to end at 1.30 because it's 2.45, thanks. Um, so just play this again. Um, and you can see lots of licking and chewing, very expressive in her face. She's probably looking at her owner there who's coming out of the, uh, the doorway. And she's awesome because she just steps right down off of that stack. Um, a lot of horses, I actually take their foot off when they're on a stack because, um, especially in the beginning, they're not sure how to navigate it. Um, this is actually a video from Ida Hammer. I'll just show you this video. It's a stifle. Um, and what you can see, so the tail is to the left and the head is to the right, and here's the stifle joint. And look at how much movement is happening. See that bulge right there? So when you think, wow, you know, my horse really isn't getting a lot out of this, when you start to recognize just how much, look at that big bulge like that, right? And it's only on, I think it's on a physio pad, to be honest. Um, there's, there can be a lot of demand on your horse working with the pads. Um, this is a horse from behind on, it looks like, what the heck, I have to, I'll have to watch the video here. Um, it looks like I've got pink slants on top of a base pad is the best I can figure that. And just look at how that whole rib cage, oh, she turned her head, right? And see how much she swayed way over right, and then comes back. And look at all that movement in the fetlocks there, right? Uh, gelding, a lot of adjusting there, a lot of change, right? Little tail swish, so we don't have anything under the front feet at this point, okay? And then kind of steadied up a bit, right? And then a little sway, you can see it up here in the croup, a little bit of sway, a little tail flish, right? And so, you know, this is with a rider on board. And during my lessons, I'll work with riders under saddle. Um, I always make sure the horse is okay with the pads. If I see any sign of any kind of anxiety, ear cock, even just a little ear cock or a nostril flare, I take the rider off. You know, there's, you can always put the rider back on. You can't undo things. So I can't emphasize that enough. Less is more. You can always come again. You can repeat again. You can... Um, you know, go to a softer pad, but you can't undo something that you've done. So 
um, you know, I, when some people go to me, well, I, you know, I had my horse on the pads for a really short time for five minutes. Five minutes is a long time. Short is 10 seconds, five seconds, uh, 15 seconds. That's short. Um, long is uh, minutes, you know, when you start to getting into minutes. This is a little Mustang. Um, this Mustang um, she got for the Mustang Challenge, the 90-day Mustang Challenge. So it's a very interesting horse to work with. I started in the round pen with the horse loose. I started with the physio pads. This was the third day. And um, we uh, were now in the stall. It's a huge stall. It's like four stalls. Um, and so we were working with her. And I think we'll see those little signs that I'm talking about that you know I really pay attention to. Um, I actually should show Sharon Woolsey this one. This would be a great one for her to watch. Um, so you can see we get a little eye blink. She turns to look at something. You can see that she's just resting that back toe and then steps down. We get a lick and chew. Right? And we have some swing. And you can see that she's chosen not to be on both pads behind. She's just got her foot resting. I think I just come around. Oh, this is a different video than I thought it was, but that's okay. You know, she followed me. She's kind of curious what I'm doing, right? And you can see that she's just letting that leg rest there. And so this is kind of like the horse doing a bit what I did with Al, um, stacking him on the one foot, right? And then she just changes sides, right? And you can see the little ears flick back, the, yeah, right there, just really introspective, right? Little head nods all is processing. I tend not to want to touch the horses when they're in this state. I think of it as a distraction. So just imagine that you're getting a really nice massage and somebody comes along and messes with you that's not the person, you know, giving you the massage. Or you're all done and somebody comes in and goes loudly, hey, what are you doing? You know, you want to be able to stay in that quiet state. And you can see there, she's really quite introspective. And this was a very anxious horse, very nervous little, little Mustang. So um, I don't have a before video handy to show you, um, but you can see that she's just experimenting with that and then shifting her weight, right? Resting her other hind leg. And look at how the whole rib cage kind of rolls over and we get some swaying there. Yep. And then the swaying just starts getting bigger and it's not unusual to see the swaying start to build like this, that it starts out with almost no swaying and then it starts to get bigger, right? And it's fascinating how she keeps switching behind and changing which hind leg she's on. So um, here's just another video of her. So now she's on all four pads. And you can see how she's a bit wide here in front. And then when she turns her head, look at how much she sways. So when you think about, you know, working with young horses in terms of how stable they are dealing with the movement of their head, and you watch how much her head affects where her body weight is, right? So she's on unstable surfaces, she moves her head, her weight swings away one direction and then way back the other you start to realize these horses really don't have a lot of muscle strength for weight-bearing posture, right? And so when they move that head around, and there's that, there's that fright, okay? So I'm just gonna pause that for a second, but this is what I'm talking about when you, when you see any of these signs, you really have to be careful. And she's been on pads for several days now, so it's enough that she understands the pads, but there's still this anxiety, right? So I'm just gonna back it up a bit. And it's when she comes off, right? So let's see, she looks down at the pad, touches it, right? Checks it out. Right, takes a step back, looks back behind her. Oops, lost my drag, there we go. And then the pad flips up a little bit, right? So she moves her front feet from here. She moves her right front foot, steps back, and the left hind pad catches the corner and flips the pad up. And then she catches the front pad and flips it up. And so now, so watch, she's like, she's flipped the pad, 
It's gone back down. She's concerned about what's behind her, right? She takes a big step over it. So she's trying to see what was that? What happened, right? And then comes back and checks out the pad again. But she has to check out the pads that were in front and the pads that were in behind, right? And so, you know, again, when you're working with horses, um, you know, especially this horse, I was super careful. And when you're introducing four pads, you're creating this conundrum. Like if they get worried, which, which, where are they going to go? Which foot are they going to move? And she handled it beautifully in that she checked it out. She looked behind her, right? And see, she's still checking out the pads because they're at this point, she's hadn't had them enough that she recognizes it's a comfort thing but at the same time it's a little anxiety because it's like what was that thing behind me it flipped up and hit my leg um, and so what you can see there is that she goes through a really good process of something that's nervous you know something that gives her comfort and then something that makes her anxious about that and then being able to process that and going you know what it's okay um, because that little horse was very tweaky very anxious, very quick, um, nervous. And so for her to be able to do that, to go through that process and come out and say, it's fine, was really, really impressive. Um, how long would I keep working with a set of pads if you haven't seen any improvements? Um, I've used the firm pads. Well, first of all, the question is, what kind of improvements are we looking for? So is there a, is there a specific improvement that you're looking for, Devin? And if you can just pop that in the chat, um, I've used the firm pads on a horse about five or six times and haven't noticed any obvious differences under saddle. So that's a great question. Um, the, the first question I have is what, what are you looking for? So clearly there's some kind of behavior or something happening with that horse that you're looking for a change. Um, so if you can just type in the chat what that is, what kind of change are you looking for? And then um, the next thing I'm going to say is, Let's see, it's young, somewhat uncoordinated horse that tends to trip a lot. Okay, so um, you can look at this as two ways. If it's a young horse that's growing and it's uncoordinated, it may be going through a growth spurt. Um, it may be, uh, you know, weak and not able to handle the rider's weight really well. Um, but then I start to look for other, other things. So, you know, Surefoot is not going to solve an underlying problem. Um, when I don't see something getting better or I see something get worse, um, and I've seen that happen, um, then I have to start asking what's really underlying? Is there something I'm missing? So, um, you know, the, the choices, if you think about a wheel, you've got the teeth, the feet, the back, the saddle, the rider, and nutrition or health. Um, so, you know, my first question is, is it a young horse that's going through a growth spurt? Is it a young horse that needs to spend more time growing that it just simply can't coordinate? Um, my horse, Al, who's a Clyde Third Red Cross, he could not do a 20 meter circle until he was six. He just could not organize his body. It's very loose limbed, a lot of flexibility, not enough stability, couldn't put it together. Um, is if he's tripping, then that leads me to think, well, maybe we need to look at his feet. And I have lots and lots of webinars that you can go and look at and look at his feet. Um, because it may be that you have a foot problem. Um, and so the sure foot pads are not going to solve, uh, you know, and if the foot's really unbalanced, sure foot's not gonna solve it. It might make it better for a little bit or temp, you know, really temporary, but it's not gonna solve it. Um, you know, and so it really, that's the process that I go to. I start acting like a detective and saying, all right, what information am I getting from the surefoot pads? So my first question is, are you seeing signs of relaxation? Are you seeing licking and chewing, head lowering, so eye softening, breathing? Um, any of those things when the horse is on the pads. Um, those would indicate that he's going from sympathetic to parasympathetic. Maybe even he wasn't in sympathetic. Maybe he was at rest, but you see these changes and he goes, lower on the scale into parasympathetic rest and digest. Um, if you don't see that, if he's not showing you signs of deeper relaxation, that's, then I start to wonder why, you know, what's going on that's keeping him in a heightened state of anxiety. Um, if he's, uh, I, you didn't mention what breed he is, you know, some horses just mature later, but that's where, 
that's where we really have to start calling upon these other ideas. Um, and one of the reasons I've been doing so many webinars with so many different types of guests is two things. One, I'm trying to figure out how Surefoot works. And two, what are the, all the other components that need to be in place? So Surefoot can only do so much. It can, if there's an underlying um, issue, it's not going to solve it, but it might bring it to light either by making it worse or not seeing a change. Um, so if you can type in or, you know, or email me at wendy at wendymurdoch.com with some more information, I might be able to help you a little bit more. Um, and, you know, because it's, you know, age, breed, level of training, that sort of thing. What does feet look like? Those are all the questions I'd be asking at this point. Um, and I wish I could give you a better answer than that, but that's really, that. that's what I do in my own process. When I see, and I've had her, I've had one horse, she was so over the top. She was trying to leap out the barn doors. Um, and it was like, I am not even going to try to do surefoot with this horse. She is too far beyond what it's going to do. Um, and there's other horses that I will start with Surefoot because that's what the owner wants me to do. And I might do a couple of minutes and I go, you know what? There's something else going on here. I'm not seeing any improvement. You know, maybe you need to have your horse checked for Lyme disease. Where I live, Lyme disease is a huge factor. Um, and that can cause neurologic signs. Um, so, you know, there are definitely times where I've stopped a session and said, I don't see that this is going anywhere. You need to look at something else. Um, so, you know, you always have to keep that in mind. There's nothing is going to solve everything. In other words, this surefoot's not a miracle cure for a lot of things. It can help a lot of things and it's helped a lot of horses, but, um, there's times when we need to look deeper. So I hope that that helps you a bit. Um, let's see, let's see, I have warm blood just turned seven, very tall and very long. We've been working with a fairy on his feet, which have gotten much better. Uh, yes, he does relax. Okay, so if he does relax when he's on the pads, you get that response. That's really good. Um, and then I would see if um, when you, you know, put the tack on, can you have that level of relaxation? When you go into the arena, use your pads, do you get that level of relaxation? If you have a ground person to help you, that would be great and that they could put the pads under his feet while you're on his back and see how that goes. Um, and it may just be that he's in an awkward stage. Um, one of the things that I was so surprised at with um, that it was Equisoma and then um, Martina Neardhart talking about back pain is that some of these horses physically, bones don't mature until 10. These geldings apparently um, can take up till 10 before their bones are fully mature. So you know, they, they can have these awkward times in their life. Um, so that's what I would say is just keep seeing, can you elicit that same relaxation response that you're seeing with him in the different environments, you know, tacked up in the arena, under saddle, and then see if there's a change there. Um, and you're working on his feet, which is fabulous because that's a that's such a huge issue. Um, the more I learn about feet from all these webinars, the more I'm <laughs> I'm like uh, recognize just how important they are. Um, I mean, I've always known that, but it's just at deeper levels now, more and more. Um, all right. So, has anybody else got any questions for me out there? Um, let me just see what other videos I have here. Oh, this was this one's kind of fun. Let me get back to my screen share. Um, all right, so I'm just going to do one more video here, and then I'm going to bring the meeting to a close so I can get to my appointment. Life has returned in terms of uh, demands outside of staying home and doing webinars every single day. Um, I'm going to be taking a break from the webinars. We're going to pause it until after the 14th of July. Um, I'm traveling. I'm going to be uh, up in New Hampshire. I just, um, so, oh, here it is. Um, I w we will not be having, but we'll resume. So we're taking summer break um, and then I'll be back. I've got guests lined up for when I get back. So this is a horse, his name is Shiner. This is up at the Icelandic horse farm. And I could not pick up both of his front feet when I started. In fact, I could only pick up his one front foot and I could not pick up a hind foot. And this is like day four. 
Um, and you can see now he's standing on soft pads, but notice how he keeps his head organized over past this left front foot. And this is one of the things also to really pay attention to, that head is a 40 pound weight at the end of a three foot lever arm, right? So when I see horses organizing their heads specifically over one front foot, that's I find interesting because that's, um, and then you can see as he turns his head, how much he shifts to the right. Okay, so that means he's rotated his whole rib cage, but he comes back to this posture of keeping his head. So here's his front leg and his nose is well past it. Like it's almost 12 inches beyond that. And so he's countering, for me, when I see that much shift, they're, they're countering their head weight for something else because ideally their head would be in the middle. Um, and so that, you know, those are just some of the things that are interesting to observe. All right. So um, can I share any insight that I have regarding the use of pads for therapy horses? Oh, yes. Um, that's a great question. So um, uh, my friend Catherine Wyckoff is uh, a hippotherapist and a therapeutic riding instructor, and she works at Loudoun Therapeutic in Loudoun, Virginia. Um, and they have spa days. And they set out stations and they have a beamer and they have Surefoot and they have team and they turn the horses loose in this area and horses will specifically go over to the Surefoot pads and stand there and ask to be put on Surefoot pads. So, you know, your therapeutic horses have a really hard job. Um, it's, it's typically slow and kind of, you know, heavy weights, unbalanced riders. And so anytime you can use Surefoot with them to help them just restore and refresh. And I'll show you, I just saw this video as I was looking through videos. Um, this therapy horse, uh, where'd his video go? Um, I went to show Julian Benjan Surefoot and we went to LTR and we worked with their horses. And um, they, you know, I mean, they just love it. And it's such a nice break for them. It's really, uh, you can never find the video you want when you want it. Um, but it was really just awesome because the horses, oh, here it is. Okay, uh, let me do my screen share. Uh, so uh, he wound up, we started with the regular pads, right? And you can see we have them all scattered around and this is a therapeutic riding horse. And we wound up on four pods and you can see that there's a lot of movement in here. So we did not leave him here very long because you can make them sore and you have to be super careful with your therapeutic riding horses um, to do short sessions in the beginning because it's a different type of activity than what they're doing in their day job, right? Um, you get more body swing and that sort of thing. So you're working the postural muscles differently. Um, he has been on pads before. All the LTR horses have been on pads before. So we could let him stay there a little longer. And you can see he's like, okay, I'm ready to go. So I'll just draw that back a little bit. But you can just see from his expression that he's quite enjoying this. And you can see from his lovely soft face. And he's just having a great time. So, um, but again, he's been on, on pads and pods before. This is not his first time. So we could let him stay there a little longer and you just notice how the swaying starts to get bigger and bigger. Um, but the therapy horses, you know, I think that that is one class of horses that could so benefit from Surefoot because they have, you know, a very demanding job. And when do we give them a chance to just kind of experience their body in a different way? Um, and somebody's asking, uh, is it okay to try take out the pads to pasture and use them at Liberty? Yeah, I would say keep it in a more enclosed space than a huge pasture, you know. Um, but I definitely like to work with horses at Liberty, especially the ones that are kind of skeptical. That little Mustang I started at Liberty in a, in a large round pen. Um, definitely a great idea. You know, it's giving the horses so much more choice. I, I can show you one other video where I was working at Liberty. Um, and this horse, <laughs> this is my star. Let's see, I'm just going to stop screen share and restart it. Um, he's been on pads many, many times. And um, when I go to Costa Rica, 
I always use him as, as an example because I'll work with horses that have never been on pads and then I'll bring out, um, I've forgotten his name, it's uh, Heather's horse, and I'll bring him out and he's on three pairs of pads in front and hard slants behind. He comes into the round pen, he stops, he won't go anywhere, he lets me put the pads underneath his feet, he will not step off unless I take him off, he will stay there as long as I will leave him and he just just thoroughly enjoys it and you would not believe it but this is a super hot horse to ride he is really quick really hot um, and he just chills on his surefoot pads it's his favorite thing so all right i'm just going to stop my screen share check it looks like i got one more question i started introducing the physio pad at the therapy center and i volunteer body work oh yeah and that's i mean if you got a physio pad that's just just use that with all the horses it's a great place to start and it's just so nice to give back to them because they have a really tough job. So um, I wanna just thank you everybody for you know, bearing with me on this kind of weird, missing the time, catching up on the time, joining in the time, um, and I've got a scoot. Um, so just remember, we're gonna put a pause until the 14th, after the 14th of July. I think I've got somebody scheduled for the 15th. Um, and I think it's a fun one, so you'll want to tune in. Of course, you'll get the, the email if you belong to the, if you've subscribed to my email list. If you're not on the list, go to murdochmethod.com and join my email list so you get the email for the dates and times with the webinars. And of course, you can find all of these on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel and you can catch up while I'm gone. All right, thanks again and have a great 4th of July. Bye.